You have no rival. You reign forevermore. What a glorious God you are. You have no rival. Lord, we bless you this morning. We thank you that we're found here in your presence. Hallelujah. Please take a seat. So lovely to see you. Good morning. Good morning to those online. I'd just like to spend a few minutes in our corporate prayer this morning talking about respect. There are uh, many different ways of showing respect, and it's not for me to tell you exactly, but just a, a couple of uh, examples. When I was a, a little little guy, probably in my early teens, uh, my grandfather, and I think I've told you before, he had a, a, a large business, and uh, Grandpa said, would you like to come down to the works today? And I said, love to. And in those days, when Grandpa took you out, you dressed up, you put your best jacket on, and uh, off we went down to the works. And we're walking around this very busy factory with a lot of, lot of men working away there. And I got my hands in my pockets and I'm a teenager. Mouth wide open. And my grandfather grabs my hand and says, boy, he says, get your hands out of your pockets. There's men working here. And I thought, what respect he had for his men. You know, he didn't want people gawking around. There were people earning a living and working hard. That was respect. If Her Majesty the Queen were to walk into this building, I'm sure we'd all stand. You might not be a monarchist, but I think you would understand the, the dignity of the person and, and what she represents. And in the early days of uh, the early series of The Crown that came up on, on Netflix, when you looked at Her Majesty and the way she was honouring the crown, the position, the, the authority that held in that. It wasn't about her as a person. It was about the authority that had been invested in her. Respect. It was about the office. In Scripture, in, uh, in Malachi, it's an interesting little verse. I started to think about this. And Malachi 1.6 says, A son honours his father and a servant his master. Then if I am a father, where is my honour? And if I am a master, where is my respect? Interesting verse, isn't it? You know, we, Sam was talking to us the other day about changes in our society, how we've become very cynical, we're very cynical about authority and authority figures, and sometimes that's justified in fairness. But nevertheless, the office is important, that we should have respect for the office. Not politics, not the person, he or she, but the office. Uh, it's so, so important. So I'd ask you this morning to stand with me as we pray. Please, just, just, just stand. And, uh, you know, Psalm 46 says, be still. And that was a lovely song that we were singing, Kathy, thank you. Sometimes to switch the phone off. But uh, to be still and know that I'm God. So let's just have a moment. Just remember in whose presence we're standing. Let's just be still before the Lord just for a moment. Thank you, Father. We thank you, our gracious God, for who you are. Lord, as we just stand before you as a mark of respect. Lord, you speak to all of us in different ways about our respect, how we let some things go. And Lord, thank you that it's an individual thing that we face you about. Thank you, Lord, that as we just pause from time to time as we've been encouraged today, just remind us who you are. Be still. Know, Lord, that you are God and let our raging thoughts be still. Lord, we thank you that we are found in your presence. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've made this possible for us to come into your very presence. Lord, what a wondrous thing it is. It's just a little bit like her majesty. Lord, she is her majesty, the queen, and yet she's also mummy to her children. And, Lord, we have that same intimacy where we can come to you as daddy and pour out our hearts to you and be intimate with you and, as it were, sit on your knee and whisper in your ear and be embraced by you. 
as a mum, as a, as a dad. And yet, Lord, also, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You have no rival. You have no equal. And so, Lord, it's with that in mind, too, that we stand in your presence, giving the respect which is due to your name. Help us as your people, Lord, to remember that respect for you, to honour you in our daily lives. Lord, you have first call on our time. We think we own the time and we try and fit you in somewhere around the edges. But, oh God, you are the centre. And so, Lord, we just acknowledge your presence this morning. We thank you, Lord. We give you respect. Lord, help us change those areas, Lord, where we need to sharpen up a bit. God, we thank you. You're an amazing Father. Lord, you, you are worthy of our respect. Oh, God, we thank you this morning. Bless your name. Amen. Please, please be seated. Thank you, Mike. Well, good morning. Uh, my name is Sam Barnes. I'm the pastor here at the Hills Christian Family Centre. I want to add my welcome to that of Mike's, of of Kathy's and who else? And Andrews. Everyone said welcome. <laughs> and if you're online or if you're listening to this as a podcast later on, yeah, we just pray that um, God's presence would be with you uh, wherever you're at, at whatever time, uh, and that His Word would just be doing something in your heart to to help change you, to to help develop you uh, in your Christian journey. Um, this morning, uh, at the end of uh, my message, we're going to be taking part in communion. Uh, and if you came in the door and you didn't grab one of the little um, things that looks like this, our COVID-safe communion cups, uh, feel free to go grab one now. And maybe while people are doing that, can we grab some of the people who are sitting up the back? Do you guys want to just come down the, down the front here so that we can just feel a bit more like a family together as we, as we gather around his word this morning? So grab, grab a communion cup and some people on those back rows, feel free to come and fill these seats up at the front. That would be fantastic. <clears throat> well, before I get into my message this morning, <clears throat> just got some exciting news from Alice Springs that I just wanted to share with you. Uh, many of you uh, sewed into and helped support uh, the building projects that's happening there. And amazing thing happened this week. They poured the concrete slab uh, for their new church building. And I've got Ben, uh, a few, maybe just choose two of those, Dave. I think there's three there, but yeah, they're ready. Maybe do all of them then. <laughs> so here's what's happened in Alice Springs this week. Just past halfway, I reckon. Pretty jolly exciting, if I do say so myself. Thank you, Jesus. Pretty much a finished product. Praise the Lord. So there we go. Isn't that fantastic? Can we just pray uh, for Ben and Reb and for the our Alice Springs Church as, the, as, they, as they put that up? Uh, so, yeah, join me as I pray. Lord, we thank you for our brothers and sisters in Alice Springs, uh, that we're connected as a family of churches. And, Lord, we particularly pray for this project, uh, that it not just be a, a building for a building's sake, but, Lord, it be a ministry centre, uh, that many might come to know you as their Lord and Saviour in that place. And we pray for that church. Uh, for their, their vision to outreach into their community, and particularly the Indigenous people of the land there, that they would just have a real impact uh, for the gospel's sake. And, Lord, we turn to you now as we come together to gather around your word. Lord, would you open up our hearts and our minds that we might be, be uh, able to hear your sweet voice speaking to us. Speak to us, Lord. Empower us. May we be open to your word, uh, changing us, guiding us, transforming us. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to share this morning something that's not necessarily anything new, um, but it's something to be reminded of, I, I feel. And just to 
give a bit of a, a background or to kind of just start us off, what I want us to do this morning is to, to picture in your mind's eye, um, I'm going to be speaking on Jesus as a powerful name, in your mind's eye, I want you to picture Jesus. I want you to imagine Jesus right now, in your mind's eye. What does Jesus look like? I'm sure for many of us, uh, as we've um, seen pictures or paintings or depictions of Jesus across the years, um, one of the most famous ones perhaps looks like this. Now, as we look historically at who Jesus was and where he grew up and all that sort of thing, Jesus probably never looked actually anything like this. Uh, he probably wasn't white uh, and looking European in this sense. In fact, uh, anthropologists have reconstructed based on the time and the area that Jesus grew up in his family line that Jesus actually probably looked more like this. It's interesting, isn't it, that we have an understanding sometimes in, in just image of, of who Jesus is and what, what he looks like. And can that be transported also in terms of our understanding of, of what he came to do, uh, of how he came to minister in our lives, how he came to be, be real amongst us? Sometimes have we, if, if we've got the wrong literal image of him like that, are there some ways that we perhaps sometimes are a bit off skew in our understanding of the gospel, in our understanding of what that means for us in our lives as we live out our, our daily lives following him. So that's where I want to go this morning. But I just want to give a background as to uh, why I want to share this message with you. Um, I, I love being inspired by what I believe the Spirit is is, is speaking to us as, as a church about. A couple of weeks ago, uh, I, I'm we had a message on revival about being personally revived, be uh, new life given to our faith where perhaps some, in some ways we've been uh, going, going downhill in that area. In what ways do we need to have that passion revived again in our lives? And I said um, every great actual revival started with a group of people praying and seeking it and desiring it and wanting it. And I really encourage people to be part of our prayer night because that's where we're really moving in that area, to be seeking God, uh, to be working amongst us, to be speaking to us, to be leading us and guiding us. And uh, Kathy and I were, were preparing for our, the prayer night, and as we were praying, I had a picture. And the picture was one of Jesus standing over his church, his people. And Jesus had his hands out open like this over his, over his church, hard to do holding a mic, both, both hands out and, and open. And I got this real sense that what, what the law was saying to us and leading us in was that he was offering us something. He was going to offer us a gift of some, some sort. And so I came to that prayer night uh, with this in mind and I shared it with those who were there. I said, can we pray into that picture? Can we ask God to, to reveal what it is that's in Jesus' hands? What is it that Jesus wants to gift us, to offer us as a church community? And so we prayed, uh, we sang some songs, people read scriptures, and we were encouraged to be silent and be still uh, before the Lord. And in the stillness, I had a picture again of Jesus on the cross, and, and I said, Lord, you really have given your all, haven't you, for all of us. Jesus gave his everything for us on that cross. There was nothing more for him to give. He gave his all. And right then and there, I had an answer to that picture. And I didn't reveal the answer and then the most encouraging thing happened in that prayer night. Everybody else revealed it as well in what they prayed and what the verses that they spoke of and, 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 preached, and preached to the group about. And it was simply this. There is nothing more in the hands of Jesus. Jesus is the gift. Jesus is the gift to us. He is our everything. 
There is no secret extra thing that Jesus wants to offer us. All that Jesus has given and offers is sufficient for us as a church community. But in that lies a challenge. And someone else who's praying, they, they say, I've just got this one word, challenge. And we don't like that word, do we? We don't like to be challenged. And then someone sang the bridge to the song that we just sang, what a powerful name it is. And I was challenged. I was challenged in this, and this is where I want to go today. We love the fact that Jesus is a beautiful name, that Jesus uh, is wonderful in terms of what he has done for us on the cross and what he has enabled for us uh, to for the for the, the the curtain to be torn torn away that there's no more separation between us and God that we have a right relationship with Him. What a wonderful thing that is that 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 He has done in His name. What a beautiful thing it is, and we love to worship and we love to adore Him and we love to praise Him and lift Him up in in His beauty and His wonder, don't we? And it says, "What a powerful name He is." And I wonder how many of us are challenged by that. In our relationship with him, in our walk with Christ, we acknowledge and we live in the beauty and the wonder, but how many of us perhaps miss out a bit like that picture and, and are a bit skew-whiff with, with our walk with Christ where we, where we miss out on the power that is available to us in Christ? the power of Christ to change and transform us, the power of Christ to work in us and through us in our, in our community in, and to one another as we, as we pray and, and, and build one another up, as we walk out of here in his name, in his powerful name, to exercise and to be a light in the world and to make a difference. How many of us perhaps miss out on that third of what it means to follow him. He is beautiful. He is wonderful, but he is powerful. And that power he is offering to us, his church, as individuals and corporately, that power to, uh, for the spirit to be at work amongst us, to, to change us, to, to heal us, to inspire us, to uh, empower us to be all that we are, are called to be. And so um, I really want to speak on that this morning. And last week Barry talked about uh, Revelation and how Jesus is described as the lion and the lamb. That, that Jesus is the lion. The lion is the king of the jungle. He's the top of the food chain. He's, he's, you don't want to get in a cage with a lion. He's all powerful, right? A lion is going to take you down. He's, he's strong. That is Jesus. At the same time, he is the lamb, and he, he, in a way, lays down that power to, to wash his disciples' feet and to lay himself down as a sacrifice for us, the, the lamb that was slain for the sins of the world. And um, Tim Keller, lovely uh, analogy, says that he is the, the liony lamb, or he's the lamby lion. He, he is both and. But sometimes we just focus on the lamb side as, as we, we think about the sacrifice of the cross, of his blood shed for us, that, 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 that lamb side we love. But how much of us, our experience of Christ is the lion to actually change, to move powerfully uh, in our midst. Uh, I, love, um, I love gardening. It's been something that I've sort of grown, grown in. And I love a straight hedge. Uh, there's nothing that inspires me more than a beautifully clipped hedge that's nice and straight and, and uh, in, in proportion. I don't like scraggly hedges. I've got a bit of an OCD sort of thing with hedges when it comes to, to hedges. And I used to have this um, uh, powered, uh, petrol-powered hedge trimmer and I always got the mix wrong because he had the oil and the, the petrol in it and it would always seize up and I'd, I'd forever be trying to start this thing and I'd get frustrated and frustrated. And I remember receiving a wonderful gift uh, on a, I think it was a Father's Day or something, and it was my first uh, power tool of the Ryobi One system, which is fantastic. 
because you can use the same battery you know, across all these different um, power tools. And um, the great thing about, about this is I, I looked at this gift that was offered to me. It was a gift to me, a bit like Jesus with his open hands. And you might look at this and think, oh, yeah, good one. But I look at this and think, oh, what a beauty. <laughs> She's a beauty. Uh, and, and, I, and I also think how wonderful this, this tool is when I think about it, the potential of all those hedges that I can make nice and straight and, and look, look, look wonderful. And so I, I dream uh, about it and I, and I mean, wonder at, at the potential, the possibility of, of what could be done with this. But if it just stays there, if that's the extent of, of my looking and then, then it just stays as a dream, it stays as a potential. The, the only way this can actually be used and functional is when the power is actually inserted. Oh, you're tempting me. You're te- <laughs> it, it's, it's, only, it's only when the power is, is, is in this that it actually is it's, it, it can be used to its full function. Can you see, see the, the picture that, I, that I'm painting here? And, and it's the same in our lives. Uh, we are a, a bit like this hedge trimmer, and, and we are created in Christ Jesus for good works. We are... And, and that is a wonderful thing that we can participate with him in his world uh, and, and make a difference. And it's, it's, it, we are beautifully and wonderfully made. So we are beautiful. There is a wonderful sense that we can partner with him in, in all that he's going to do in, in those, those things. But if that's where it's left, without the power of Christ in us, we're, we're left motionless. But when the power comes upon us, Jesus said to his disciples at Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit comes, you'll receive power and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And that is our call as followers of Christ to receive this power and to go make people straight. <laughs> That's a little joke there, make people straight. What a powerful name it is. Death could not hold him. The veil tore before him, opening up the Holy of Holies into his presence we can come because of what Jesus has done. Death cannot hold him. You silence the boast of sin and grave. The power of sin and death has nothing on us now because of Christ. What an, and he has no rival, as, as, as Mike said, no equal, now and forevermore you reign. Jesus is the Lord of Lords. He has power and authority. Uh, Colossians says, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is head over every power and authority. As, as in, the, in the prayer night, we we'll, um, we were praying and we've got this sense of Christ in all his fullness. Christ in all his fullness. And do we, do we understand Christ's fullness if we've taken that power part of him away? He has, Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. Great commission in heaven and on earth. We love the Great Commission because it talks about going out, making disciples, baptising them. But at the start of that, Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. Not only in heaven, but here on earth. And we see that uh, exercised in many ways. Philippians chapter 2, the end of that wonderful poem, the song, that Christ, um, you know, he didn't consider equality be, with God something to be grasped, but he humbled himself and made himself a servant and he, he died on the cross, but he was, he was raised to life. It says at the end of that, that verse, so that every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He has power and authority 
over all. So how, where does Christ have authority and power? He has power and authority over the natural. We see this uh, in the Gospels. His very first miracle was a miracle of turning water into wine. Uh, it was a miracle that really was about um, uh, helping to save embarrassment from a family, really. But here, Jesus exercised authority over the natural. He turned H2O into uh, W-I-N-E, <laughs> a, a, a composition that, that has lots of other chemicals and whatever in it. And, and if you think about uh, one of the, the most powerful uh, pictures of Jesus having power and authority over the natural is when he calmed the wind and the waves. The disciples there, scared in the boat, uh, scared about the storm around them, a picture of how our lives sometimes, how we're tossed by the wind and the waves and the, the, the waves of the world uh, coming across us. And Jesus gets up and he says, be silent, be still. And their, and their response, who is this guy? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Jesus has power over the natural. Jesus has power and authority over the spiritual realm, and this is an obvious thing. Uh, Jesus had power and authority when he was speaking to, the, to demonic people. He, um, he exercised that authority in, in, in ministering to people in that sense. But there's also the sense of power over what we're just saying about over sin and death and the consequences of that. This is the gospel that we have life because of what Jesus has done on the cross. The power of the cross is to defeat the power of sin and death, which was our uh, consequence for our sin. Jesus took upon that on the cross our sin in order to be raised to life, to be victorious over death, and we now can claim that victory in him. Jesus has victory and power and authority in the spiritual. Jesus had, had power and authority over the physical. How many times did Jesus heal the, the lepers, the lame, the blind? It was one of his biggest ministry areas. Jesus had power and authority over the physical. Now we can talk about many uh, scenarios where Jesus exercise this, but I want to talk about uh, when Peter and John first, uh, after Pentecost, their first experience of walking out of uh, Pentecost, newly empowered and, and taken on with the, the power of Christ in them, they come up to the city gate, the, the beautiful gate, the main entrance, and there's the cripple who's been there, we learn, for 40 years. And he asks for alms. It's a, it's a funny uh, word, old word for charity. Uh, can, can you ha- give me money to, to help me because I can't work? And, and Peter and John say, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give you. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And this man who's been crippled for 40 years gets up and he is walking and leaping and praising God. Now, I don't know about you, but if you've ever had a broken leg um, and, and you're, or a, a part of your body that has been out of action, uh, your, your muscles go into an, atrophy, thank you, atrophy, atrophy, thank you. <laughs> Love that. That's good. Uh, it, it starts to, to degrade and, and not be, be used and it doesn't have the, the strength in it. And, and if, if that's the case for, I don't know, a couple of months as, as, our, as our limb has been out of use. Imagine 40 years of that, that man's legs not being able to walk. And yet he is walking and leaping. He wasn't just staggering and, and getting his, his, his strength back again. Jesus had power and authority over the physical world and it's proof in that man. But I wanted to talk about that particular story because it, it then it brings me into um, the next realm that I want to talk about. You see, later on, 
the religious leaders and, and the people were questioning Peter and John about, about this because it, it was a big spectacle. It happened in the main gate. Everyone knew this guy. And so when they saw him, they're like, oh, that's the guy that used to be there. So everyone knows, knows what's happened. And the religious people, they're like, well, what, what's happened here? How, how has this happened? In Acts chapter 2, it says, uh, they brought the two disciples, demanded by what power or in whose name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? In other words, why is this even a problem? <laughs> why is this an issue for you? We've, we've helped someone and, and you've, got, you've got a problem with it. it come on. Are you questioning us because we've done a good deed? Do you want to know how he was healed? It's got nothing to do with me. It's got nothing to do with any power in me. I'm nothing. Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the man you crucified and whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. In other words, the most important part of the building. He, again, Lord and importance. There is no salvation for no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we can be saved. Now, just want to stop for a moment and, and reflect on this part of the passage That here is is Peter, and he's boldly, just like at Pentecost, boldly declaring the gospel. Now, if we think about Peter, as we as we look through the scriptures, he was always putting his mouth in it, wasn't it? He was always footing it with his mouth, (laughs) and he was always kind of pushing ahead. But then, when it came down to it. He denied Christ and he ran away and he was scared. And here's this man, Peter, who was once in a way powerless, became extremely powerful because of an event when the Holy Spirit came upon him, that he received that power and he became a changed man. And that he was able to exercise that power in his life and in his in his ministry, and it goes on to say that in the in the very next part, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. Let that be an encouragement to every single one of you here, that you are ordinary men and women. You might not have training in Bible college. But with Christ in you, there is, there is no stopping what, what is possible with Christ. And then it says, they also recognised them as men who had been with Jesus. What an interesting phrase. Now, is this saying that they, that they a bit like when um, the girl saw, saw Peter and with, when the cock crowed and said, you know, you're that one that was with Jesus. Uh, is it saying that they, they saw him with Jesus? Or is it saying they, they were distinguishable in the way that they lived, that all the disciples had something about them that showed that they'd been with Jesus? I think that's what it's saying. That the people who had been with Christ the disciples, the followers of Jesus, there's there's something about them. I recognise you're one of those people that have been with Jesus. And what makes them recognisable? The way they lived out their faith, not only with beauty and wonder but with power as as they lived out their faith. So... Something happened for Peter, and it's it's what I want to share with you mostly this morning, is that Jesus has power and authority over the internal. 
Jesus has power and authority to do something in your life, to do something in your world, to change you, to transform you from that scared, cowardly place to someone who is bold, to someone who has strength, to someone who has power and authority to exercise your faith in your workplaces, in your families, as we go out from here to be change makers because Jesus has power in the eternal, in our worlds, in our hearts, in our minds, to change us, to transform us. How many of us are missing out on the power in our eternal lives? We might look at other people around us and be inspired. I think, I could never do that. I could never become that. Oh, God's calling that person to that. Good on them. Are we, are we missing out on the opportunity for God to do something in our heart of hearts to change us in order that we might be different? In Romans It says, the spirit of God who raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Isn't that an amazing passage? The spirit that raised Christ from the dead. We just sang the song and we're in awe and wonder that Jesus conquered death and was raised to life. The spirit that did that lives in you and lives in me. That's the power pack (laughs) that's in us. And it's available to us. And Jesus, as he's got his hands over us, the church, says, I want to offer myself in all of my fullness, including my power that is available to you because I am in you. I am in you. He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living in you. In a similar way in Ephesians, it says, Pretty much the same thing. I pray that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened. I pray that this morning too. That the eyes of your heart might be enlightened in order that you might know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. You believe that that there is incomparably great power for us who believe. That power, as he just said in Romans, is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. And then we have here another picture of how Christ is, has authority over all things, far above rule and authority, power and dominion. And every name that is invoked, not only in this present age but the age to come, And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him head over everything for the church, which is his body. Here's that word again, fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So do our lives represent this reality? I had that picture of Christ with his hands open, offering something. Well, he offers himself. There is nothing more than we need. He is our everything. But then I had a picture of, well, why is he sort of bending down with his hands open? Because he's wanting to pull us up. Just as sometimes when you're with your kids and you sort of give them a hand and you pull them up, into an embrace. That's what Christ wants to do for us and what I believe he wants to do for many of us this morning. There's, there was a, a wonderful old western that I used to um, watch and in it there was this cowboy who was sinking in quicksand and he was struggling and struggling and struggling and striving to get out of this uh, spot that he found himself in and he's just going sinking, sinking lower and lower and lower and lower. Uh, it's a great picture of many of us in our spiritual walk when we strive in our own strength to try and fix 
the condition that we find ourselves in? Are you feeling like you're struggling? Are you feeling like you're drowning? And and you're exerting your strength and your power to get yourself out of that, that situation. And then along comes a horse with a rope attached to it that's flung to the cowboy in the in, in the quicksand, and all he has to do is hold on to the rope. And it's the power of the horse that pulls him out of that situation. That's the picture here we have of Christ. Do we want that power that is available to us in our lives? Jesus is reaching his hand. He's saying, take hold of my hand. Let my power pull you up into right stature, into the right walk that I have for you. Ephesians chapter 3, later on in the same passage, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. That he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled, here's that picture again, to the measure of all the fullness of God. Friends, let us come today not with a half full picture of Christ, but the full picture of all that he has to offer us. Not only is he beautiful, not only is he wonderful, but he is powerful. And he's longing to exert that power in us and in our church and through us as we live our lives as Christ followers. For his divine power has given us everything we need. We don't need anything else. We don't need some secret course to go on. We don't need some secret revelation. Jesus is everything. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. We're going to come in now to a time of communion. And in this time, we are acknowledging that Jesus was the lamb that was slain, that he didn't consider equality with God, that power and authority, something to be grasped, but he lowered himself and became a servant and a servant unto death, that he might sacrifice himself in order that we might live And so I want to read to you the words of institution as recorded by the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so we do as our Saviour commanded. We, We set aside this time to partake in this meal together as his family. And I encourage just take the top little bit off and you'll see a little wafer. And I want to lead you in a prayer as we do this. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for the for the power in your name 
that you have power and authority over all things on heaven and on earth, that there is nothing more than we need that you, that you haven't already given us, and that on that cross we see firsthand how much you loved us and how you exerted that power by humbling yourself, becoming a servant, being the lamb that was slain for the sins of the world and that your body was broken for us, that your blood was shed for us. We thought, Lord, we thank you that we then raised to life and that that same power is now in us as we live and long to follow after you in your footsteps in all the ways that you lead us. And so, Lord, I'll just pray for everyone here as we take this bread and as we drink this cup, that they would reflect on the message this morning. Is there an area in their life that they are longing for your power and authority to be evident, whether that be in a physical sense or a spiritual sense or in that eternal change of heart, change of mind, transforming power to be at work in their lives? Lord, would you minister to them now as we partake in this meal together? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So take and eat the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was broken for you. blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was poured out for your sins and for many. Take and drink. I'm going to invite the music team. during our prayer night. One of the members who was there said, I've got this song going around and around in my head, Lord, I need you. And we're going to sing that now. We're going to sing it as an opportunity to respond to the word that's been spoken this morning. If you have an area of need in your life in which you're really longing to see a change in, that you're longing to see the power of Christ at work in. Can I encourage you as we sing this song, as we, as we get to our feet, that we would be praying in our heart of hearts, Lord, we need you. Lord, I need you to come and make this a reality in my life. Would you come and work powerfully in my life? Will you do that? Let's stand together and let's sing. stand, I'll fall on you. Well, that is our prayer this morning. We acknowledge that we need you in, in all of our life. And Lord, I particularly pray this morning for anyone who's battling with something internally, whether that be a habit, a temptation, 
a, a, a promise that hasn't come true. Lord, that you'd be powerfully working in their eternal life to bring about change, to bring about transformation. That they'd walk out of this place with a sense of newness and life that comes through your power at work in them. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. just want to read to you a a benediction. It's it's the end of one of the the passages that uh, I read that we had in Ephesians 3. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. Isn't that true? (laughs) Immeasurably more than we can ever ask or imagine according to his... Come on, people. According to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you guys. Uh, Feel free to um, grab a coffee. But if there's something that's happened in your your heart of hearts this morning, if you want to... Just get alongside a brother or sister and just share what's what's happening in your life. Feel free to um, head on into the prayer room. This brother or sister is just welcome to just pray with you, speak with you, share with you. Might even just get the, the team to just continue to play this last song. If you want to just continue in that, that time of, of ministry and, and God doing something in your hearts, just feel free to do that. For the rest of you, have, have a great week. Encourage you to head on over to Watunga after this time and, and grab some lunch together and fellowship together, spend some time together. Lord bless you. Thanks for coming today.